0: And in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Investment Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady. Joining me today is my good friend. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's really knowledgeable in this, uh, this, this industry. You know, sometimes it's, it's hard to explain to people how much I learn from you. So I'm kind of, I guess I'm doing it now as I edify you. One of Canada's top mortgage brokers, Mr. Jonathan Tilger. Jonathan, how are you today? I'm awesome. Yourself, Jeff. I'm good. I actually stumbled on that. I was trying to think of the right words to describe how I see you. Some days when we do these things, I always learn something from you. And some days it's just like, boom, blows my mind. And other days it's like, Oh, you know what? I just never looked at it that way, but I do always, always learn something. So thanks for being you, buddy. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate that. And thanks for being you too. Yeah, Thanks brother. Thanks. It's good to see you. Um, this is an interesting one and so i kind of i i put research into this morning's podcast jonathan i sat here combing combing the news and looking at what the the federal budget came out with and all the stats and wrote down a whole bunch of stuff and realized it doesn't really mean anything <laughs> but um I wanted to kind of get more boots on the ground, grassroots sort of thing with you and talk about what you have been seeing more of, I know. And that is people either buying a principal residence or a rental property out of province. What the process for is for getting financed on it, anything that they should be looking out for as far as pitfalls, if you do that type of financing, all these questions. So let's start with, would you... Buy something out of province right now, personally.
1: The I'll just say the me personally, it, it's not something I, I look at some of the prices and say the price look really attractive and so forth. Uh, but me personally, have I ever done it? No. Would I do it right now? No. And and the whole reason being is just I'm too disconnected from from where it is. If there was any problem, I mean, I'm far away. away. I'd have to get someone else to manage the property and I don't understand the market. So that's the biggest thing is I don't understand the market out there saying that I know people who take the time to educate themselves on different pockets. And if you're going to do it, that's what you need to do.
0: Okay. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I like when things happen like this. A lot of times when I'm, uh, when we're doing this, it'll start with one thing. And I, I left this and I said, out of province and you and I are both thinking out East, but we can also talk about buying down in the US because yep. there's some pockets down there. So that's an interesting, I, sorry, it just kind of came to me as, as you, were, you were talking there because I saw that neither one of us mentioned going out east, but we were both talking about it. Um, let's talk about that first. So we are seeing a trend, especially from Toronto, Torontonians um, downsizing, selling their house here and buying out there. Now, a lot of those people don't need to finance when they get out there. Let's face it. They're telecommuting. Now they're working from home. They've sold their $1.4 million house and bought a $300,000 house out there. That's just as big with way more property than the seaside. Yes. Yes. But we are also seeing a trend of people, investors looking for rental properties out there. Do you know anything about the rental market out there?
1: as for specific regions, not much. I I don't know how strong it is. I don't know where the strength, as I said, that's, I I just, I don't know enough about it. That's why me personally, as an investor,
0: I will not go out there as a mortgage broker. I can definitely help people who want to go out there. So I've, I've had some experience um, out there. And what I found most interesting is how little I knew. Um, You know, I have cousins out on the East coast and they tell me rentals are scarce and stuff like that. But Working in the rent to own sector a few years ago, I remember coming across a couple and uh, they were somewhere in Newfoundland and they were building this massive hydro dam. I don't remember the name of it, but it's thousands of jobs and ridiculous money being spread everywhere by the, the company building the, 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 the dam. And if that was a project in Ontario, I'd have known about it. But because it was in Newfoundland, I had no idea. Yes. I mean, it, it's the old adage of where there's where there's uh, uh, jobs, they need housing, both rental and prop and, and buying. But it just kind of shocked me. Hey, you know, here's thousands of people migrating for work, making a lot of money, and I know nothing about it in the area. So that's sorry, just to kind of emphasize your point about learning the area. So yes. let's say somebody does find a property. They've done their research. They want to get it. If they're going to go anywhere in Canada now. Is it more or less the same to go across all of the provinces? Were they to finance in any province except for Quebec?
1: <laughs> Quebec has a different legal structure. Yes. And so as a result, I mean, if you want if you want to finance something in Quebec, I can go through my network, I can find you someone in Quebec who can help you, but that's somewhere I cannot help directly. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 <laughs> And, and how, how it basically works, and even getting out of province, generally speaking, if it's, I'll say, a straightforward deal, I can help because if it's a national lender, I can work with them. If you need somebody regional, if there's something more specific, that's where, again, I would go to my network, find someone in that area who could help out just because I cannot work with a regional lender in a province that I am not directly licensed in.
0: Okay, so like a regional lender would be like a a credit union or a local
1: private lender or something along those lines.
0: You couldn't work like, so if it's a private lender, like a, uh, say it's a mortgage investment corporation, you couldn't work with them on a province. If, if they were, they were licensed
1: (laughs) exclusively in that province. No, really? Yes.
0: Huh. Huh. Anyhow, uh, (laughs) Sorry. Just just thinking if I might not have been compliant a little bit in the past. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> it's all right. Wouldn't work. It's all good. Uh, if anybody from the uh, Fizra is listening, I did not close any of those deals <laughs> or have a license anymore. Because I chose not to, not because I'm not allowed. <laughs> I know you look all nervous because you still have one. I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad. It's it's joking. Okay, now that I've derailed this sufficiently, um, going down that that path. So Quebec, obviously, um, you and I know Quebec is structured very different much more difficult to get deals done within that province but as far as all of the other provinces you have no problem going through your network they they're pretty much all work the same if it's a national lender
1: work yeah pretty much the same Sa- okay. same qualifying rules same same all all the stuff
0: okay so it is definitely possible if you live in ontario to buy a place in nunavut it is yes okay Now, as far as going down to the United States, how does financing work if somebody was to buy or even a foreign property somewhere in Antigua or Costa Rica or anything like that? Is it possible to get financing for places like that?
1: Uh, Generally speaking, you'll have to find someone to finance it down there. Uh, As far as the U.S., I mean, the U.S., there's tons of companies who will look to finance. So there are many options when you get down. I mean, you mentioned Antigua. I couldn't tell you how things
0: work in Antigua. Okay. But so a domestic lender will not lend on a foreign property. They will not lend on the foreign property. They will not lend for a property in the U S
1: because what's, what's their repercussions. They don't want to get into that. Okay.
0: No, that makes sense. I, I'm just, uh, I've never really delved into that mentally as far as investing in a, in a foreign country goes. So I, I, I didn't know. And I mean, I guess there are no multinational lenders at the retail level, are there?
1: No, even like your banks that operate in different jurisdictions, it would be a completely different division of the bank that would handle, that would handle like the US lending, for instance. Mm-hmm. So the approval would have to be done through the US division. It could not be done through the Canadian.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is like if they're multinational, but I, even like you, TD has some, some branches down in, in the US. I'm sure you would, could go through those branches should you need to, but you wouldn't be able to work on that, would you? Not directly, no. Yeah. Okay. No, that's just interesting. Um, never really thought about that. I mean, I've I've worked with some people on l- working with lenders down in the U S just it's different at the retail level. Um, very interesting stuff. So let's say you found this perfect property out in PEI, a nice little cottage. You want to Airbnb it part of the time. You want to use it as a vacation property part of the time. What do I need to get that financed? Let's say I got to finance 50% of it. Because two hundred thousand, I got a hundred thousand to put down. A, is it a good investment from a um, from an income standpoint? And B, is it uh, is it a good idea to put that much down on it?
1: Uh, so, from the income standpoint, I you'd have to look at, at what your rent versus the value is, and and what the vacancy rates are, and all those things. So, you'd have to look at specific by the area. Uh, so that, that you, you talked about Airbnb and being it and using it for yourself. I mean, if you're using it for yourself and it's going to be something you're going to use on a regular basis uh, and you enjoy the property, then I don't really look at it at that point as yes, there is investment value, but then it comes down to more a personal choice, no different than the house you're buying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Are you, are you necessarily buying the house because of the income it's going to produce? No, you're buying the house because it's an area like with, with people you that, that you like as your neighbors and all those other things. <laughs> Same with if if you're buying if you're buying the property out there that's going to be, hey, this is your vacation home you go to, and you've got the opportunity to Airbnb it or rent it out at times when you're not using it. Uh, so so I wouldn't analyze that from an investment standpoint because you're buying it for personal reasons.
0: Okay. So basically anything that you make on the Airbnb is going to be gravy and you better structure that into your Exactly, monthly if, payment in your budget. If
1: if you're buying it for the strict purpose of, hey, my intention is to Airbnb this property, and here's what it's going to be. Uh, number one, don't disclose that to the lender at the time of closing because it will make financing more difficult, and they're going to require more of a down payment. So they're going to look at it more as a commercial property.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> Slow down. <laughs> I saw you about to go to the next spot. Let's 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 put hard stop on that. Um,
1: I said, I said that the way I did, cause I knew you're going to call me on it. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to that. Rental is one thing. Short-term rental, totally different. That's right. If, if
1: you're and, and by short-term rental, I don't mean, Hey, we're looking for tenants for six months at a time by short-term rental. We're talking Airbnb where you're, you're renting it out by the night or by the day. Yeah. Because what people don't realize is that the rules all change once you get into short-term rentals, including your property tax rate can change. Because (laughs) now now the municipality, if they learn you're using it as a short-term rental, can turn around and tax you at a commercial tax rate.
0: Well, of course, they're going to want their piece, right? Exactly. And I guess it really says it right in the name. Air B and B is a registered business. Exactly. So I,
1: I, I, I don't mean, yeah, you've got the cottage. You're going to rent it out for two weeks when your family's not using it. They're not going to chase you down for that, but it's the ones that you're using on a regular basis. That's where, and, and your intention is to, Hey, you're buying this for that purpose.
0: Yeah. So I guess that's, that's where I was going to come down to the ethical question there of, you know, you said, don't disclose that to the lender. Obviously they shouldn't disclose that to you as the person trying to find the lender either. Yes. <laughs> unless they want to register it as a business and they're, they're very familiar with doing this and they've got this pattern down because I know there are a lot of people that make a lot of, a lot of money doing it. Yes. Um, so what would be the difference then if you're, you're buying it for a rental property? Like why, why does the bank look at it so differently?
1: Because with with a with a rental property, typical rental, you've got a tenant who's coming in, and you know based on hey, they're they're a tenant, they're there for a, usually a longer period of time. You know you what your set rent is. It's more stable. Okay, it's, I there, see they're looking there, for stability. Less, yeah, that, well, there's there's less da- there's less chance of someone who's a long term tenant doing damage to the property. Fair. Whereas when you're renting it by the week, I mean, number one, you could get into situations with noise noise complaints based on a partying group coming in, all these other things. You could get into situations where someone's there for a couple nights and they just have a huge party and trash the place. Uh, so now now the property is out of commission and earning no income for two months while it's being repaired. And what's your repercussion against the person who who damaged it? It's gonna be tough to get money out of someone who rented it through an Airbnb.
0: Well, yes, but Airbnb does have insurance.
1: Yes, and, <laughs> and so and so you need different insurance. Yeah. And also, what happens if what happens like right now, for instance, during COVID, what's yep, happening to the Airbnb market?
0: There. Oh yeah, it's gone to pot. Yeah. Hmm. Have you financed Airbnbs before?
1: Not directly. Hmm.
0: Do you know anybody that does? Oh. Uh, if it's if it's being disclosed
1: as an Airbnb, most residential lenders will not touch it.
0: Food for thought, right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. So so it
1: so it becomes so it becomes. I mean, if you're buying it as a long-term rental, different story. And yeah, you just have to look and saying, "Well, why are you truly buying it? You're buying it as an investment, okay, So you're buying it as a rental property. And then
0: so one more question around that, just because it's interesting to me. What about private lenders? Will they touch an Airbnb? I'm sure there are private lenders who will. Okay, so it is possible to get it financed and be ethically sound just disclosing what it is as long as you've got the money to pay the fees and all of that, that stuff works out. Yes. Okay. Uh, you heard, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen, Airbnb, don't tell anybody you're doing it. <laughs> 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 yeah, there are ways to do it. I, I do have friends who do it down South and, and uh, very interesting how they've done it, but I wouldn't want to be doing it right now. I would imagine it's pretty lean times for most people doing Airbnb. All right. Well, I think uh, I think you've answered all of my questions about buying out of Providence. And then you want to say to wrap it up? Uh,
1: just I mean, if if you're doing it, if you're if you're considering it, you got to look at the reason why. I mean, if you're buying it because, hey, this is an area that you're from, your family's from there, you're buying this ultimate as a property that you want to move move to one day but you're going to rent out in the the short term hey that's you understand it but the the big part is understand the market where you're buying understand what the rental how strong the rental market is not just saying well the same house here uh the house i can buy for two hundred fifty thousand. that same house a million dollars here you're seeing that a lot of the prices which is why it looks so attractive yeah but generally speaking the prices are what they are in certain areas because i mean as you, as back to the original thing you said about where the jobs are that's where there's demand for housing and everything else yeah. and a lot some of the places where the prices are suppressed they're suppressed because there's not the jobs that are driving everything up so it's don't, don't just look at the price and say hey it's it's great compared to what i know here you've got to really look at the strength of the rental market and great you've bought it now what can you do with it can is it easy to rent it or is something where it may be sitting sitting vacant for a period of time so you so just take the time to educate yourself if you are looking to do that and where can people find the vacancy rates jonathan that's where having a good realtor would be a good realtor should help navigate you through that area if they can't or they're hesitant on that side there then uh then i would look for a different realtor <laughs>
0: they're also available if you uh i believe go to cmhc you can find it if you do enough research there yes so, you know i'm 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 big on empowering people you know the whole teach a man to fish thing um I, I i the more a consumer has for knowledge and the more availability of the more availability of of or the more ability they have to find that knowledge the better you know the better it's going to be for them in the long run with this whole investing thing. See so, I mean, she's a, a huge resource for, for investors. Lots of good numbers there. Definitely. Definitely the case. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes you just look at me like, like, Oh, wow. Where'd that come from, Jeff? <laughs> I know it's sort of unrelated, but we're having fun in here and <laughs> we're uh, you know, we're trying to add to the conversation. I'm saying, I'm saying me and it was it pejorative. As in, yeah, never mind. If they could see us, Jonathan, they'd see the look you're giving me and realize that it's time to end this podcast. <laughs> so, again, thanks for joining me, Jonathan. I appreciate your time as always. Uh, you good? You good? We I'm good. Off. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Yeah. And thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to if you want to get a hold of John, I think you can shoot him an email at IP at a Of course, you can find our podcast on all of the major podcast uh, directories, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, all that stuff. Or if you're listening to us on one of those platforms, you can, of course, download our free book at investment property book, at investment property income book. Dot com. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for today. Thanks a lot, Jonathan. I appreciate you for your time. And uh, thank you for listening. We will see you next time.